Are you looking for macadamia and almond nut butter and convenient on-the-go closable nut butter pouches? Then let me introduce you to Superfat. They are a certified keto and paleo line of macadamia and almond-based nut butters. They come in pouches with five different flavors, including nitro coffee MCT, MCT probiotic, and cacao coconut. Each pouch contains 50% more than other nut butter pouches, and they actually taste great. Healthy plant-based fats found in Superfat support sustained levels of energy, cognition, and mental clarity. Macadamia nuts are found in all flavors and are scientifically proven to help speed up fat metabolism. This high-density energy source will give you a boost whenever you need it. Again, it's called Superfat. Check them out at superfat.com and be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Superfat. Good news, low-carb, ketogenic, real food fans. A real good foods company is now in all U.S. Walmart stores. They have enchiladas, poppers, cauliflower crust pizzas, mini pizza bites, and the chicken crust pizzas in 3,500 Walmart stores. Real Good Foods pizzas are grain-free, gluten-free, and of course, low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic. This is real food, and now it's available at your local Walmart. Get exclusive offers from Real Good Foods by texting RGF to 474747. And be sure to visit realgoodfoods.com to learn more about Real Good Foods' ketogenic line of products. Real Good Foods. Living the vida local, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer, motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Woo! Uh, CoQ10, that's where we were. His CoQ10 levels are excellent, 1.8. And Jimmy had just talked about, if you want to tell him again. Yeah, I used to take uh, both a, a statin drug, two statin drugs, Lipitor and Crestor. And I, when I got off of those, we know statins deplete your body of CoQ10. Right. So I was taking 400 MCG for a couple of years after I started low carb and came off the statin, but haven't really been on it since. So it's been many years, and yet you say mine is 180. No, 1.81. It's a very, it's a very high level. It's a good level. That's incredible. Yeah. So why? Why? Well, what we the point we just made is CoQ10 does travel with LDL cholesterol. And if only I had any LDL in my body. So yeah. so if I lowered the LDL through all these changes we're going to do, is yeah. that going to impact the CoQ10 a little? Well, potentially. So as you just alluded to. You know, the, the cholesterol synthesis pathway, it doesn't just synthesize cholesterol, it also makes other important bio compounds. And one of those is CoQ10. And statins, where they interfere with the synthesis pathway, do interfere with synthesis of CoQ10. That's why we'll see CoQ10, uh, CoQ10 depletion. Coenzyme Q10 is a necessary cofactor in something called your electron transport chain that is inside the mitochondria and where you're the process of oxidative phosphorylation where you're making energy is occurring and that cofactor is a is a necessary part of exchanging the electrons right so if you are deficient you bog down the energy pathway right coq10 is also an antioxidant it also mops up some of the 
uh, unstable energy that's, that's take, you know, occurring in the process of generating all that energy in your mitochondria. So it's playing both roles. It's a vitally important biocompound. So this is also protecting me despite the high cholesterol yeah. and the high inflammation. This CoQ10 it is that's so good is helping to mitigate that's any right. potential problems that could happen. That's exactly right. Now, yeah. yeah, and so my patients on statins, and again, I know that that could be a bad word to some, but, yeah, but I do have patients, as we discussed, who probably fall into the correct area of where right. the study suggests statin benefit. And I have them all on CoQ10, and if they let me, I want to check their CoQ10 levels because we want to optimize those they levels. They better let you if they care about their health. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so important. Why would they not let you, Gus? Well, what you, would be the argument? You know, because No, Doc, you don't know what you're talking about. You, this is why, and I do understand it, because the CoQ10 test is not available through the standard Ah, uh, so they have to pay full price. So they may have to pay for it. What right? is it, 50 bucks? Yeah, it's less than that. It's not, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so minuscule. Well, and then they do make the case, well, why not I just take the CoQ10? I'm like, okay. But I do like to know the level. There's no downside, I suppose. No, there's no downside. If they're taking a statin, you know it's going to deplete. So. You know it's going to deplete. I like to know the level because an optimal CoQ10 level, if you're on a statin, is over 2. Ah. And in that way, if they're going to be on it, we can reduce the risk of myopathy, fatigue syndrome, right. cognitive blunting by making sure we optimize that level. Gotcha. Yeah. And so a lot of people get there with 100. Some people need more. But Jimmy's levels were excellent. So, yeah, remember that an LDL bundle, remember, is not just cholesterol. It's triglycerides, right. it's other fat-soluble, it's fat-soluble vitamins, right? And it's also CoQ10 and other factors right. like that. So these little bundles are going out to the body, being made in the liver to serve a purpose. Remember that they're delivering fat-soluble nutrients, they're delivering important antioxidants, they're delivering cholesterol for repair, and they're delivering triglycerides for fuel. And uh, I listened to a, a lipidologist recently who is a big fan of keto. Um, who is that? You know, I, did, I have to go. Find it's not Tom Dayspring, is no, it? No, no. I got. He's he's very. I'll find it for you. He's low carb, but he's not keto. <laughs> I'll find you before uh, before when we wrap up. Sure, I'll, sure. I'll find his name for you. But it was he's he said he believes this mechanism is that you know the synthesis of ketones is in the same pathway that you're synthesizing ketones. Uh, you know, acetyl CoA, which is right. the substrate. It is also going to be your LDL synthesis pathway, meaning that when you're producing, you're taking all this acetyl-CoA and you're moving it into these pathways, yeah. that you're going to end up producing a lot of LDL alongside. Interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting theory, but it was making sense of part of what we're seeing. All right, this next one's intriguing in light of the ferritin level. Yeah, you're talking about the homocysteine? No. Or are you talking about the next page? No, no, back up. Back Iron. Up. Oh yeah, the iron. Yes, blood iron. Yeah. Why is it normal? Yeah, because optimal. Yeah, and that's what we and ferritin's high. Yeah, and that's what we're going to get to, right? Because you, it's not you're not dealing with an iron excess situation. Right. You're dealing with an inflammatory response. So the ferritin being elevated isn't necessarily an iron issue. Right. It's an inflammatory issue that if the inflammation corrects itself along with bloodletting in the meantime. Yes. You're going to see those things normalize. And the iron that is already yeah. normal, optimal, is yes. going to be good as well. Yes. Now, the I will tell you that most people won't check the iron. I did because I... You, he ran everything on yeah, me because he loves me. That's right. <laughs> because you can have a, a temporary high iron from just having eaten a very iron-rich meal. So serum iron levels aren't your best measurement. Ferritin is your best measurement. Right. Um, but in his case, the serum iron is fine. Is ferritin like kind of the A1C of blood sugar? Yeah. Kind of, it. it kind of shows it over time, mm -hmm. whereas the iron in the blood is more acute to what just happened. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So the patients who are drinking too much alcohol, the ferritin is really a reflection of liver issues Got it. and inflammation from that. Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, the iron serum iron was normal, and then we've already talked about homocysteine. Yes. It was a little bit elevated. So when we look at our next page, we're getting, and now we're going to go into hormones. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so thyroid function, optimal. TSH, 1.5. Uh, T4, T4 free, and T3 levels all look good. So Wait a minute, I'm keto. I thought uh, keto was supposed to mess up your thyroid. My th thyroid's fine. Yeah, your thyroid's fine. Um, the so you know some individual you know there's been some proposals that if you stay low carb for too long that you might see suppression of gonadal hormones. That's what they say. Suppression of thyroid hormone. Um, you know the TSH gets a lot of uh, people get you, it has a negative uh, reputation. Yeah. <laughs> because people low number means low. Well, function. Well, yeah, people over-relied on it, perhaps, and didn't look in detail. Well, it's all traditional doctors run, yeah, is but, TSH. But I will tell you, it's still the best gauge of how the central nervous system is interpreting thyroid status. Yeah. So, no, it's not... It's whole, a marker, but not the whole picture. It's not the whole picture, but if you have if you have questions about, like, let's just say, because, you know, because the free T3 levels can sometimes be a little bit low in somebody who's keto. Yeah. So you'll see the slightly low, low level of, of T3, but then you see the T4 looks good, and the TSH could be optimal, Right. More than likely, the thyroid stash for that person is fine. Did you run antibodies? I don't see that on here. I did not run your antibodies. I Would that be something that might, I know that usually is indication of, like Christine has Hashimoto's, yeah. that's how we figured it yeah. out, was the antibodies. Yeah, so I typically will only run antibodies in somebody who- As a follow-up to bad yeah, numbers to here. bad numbers, or if we see, it, or if this person has an autoimmune presentation. Right. So right. if the person's coming in for gut issues, right. and fatigue, and I'm thinking There's something going on. Yeah. I'm going to start looking at antibodies. Of course. In your case, it was optimal. I don't see any reason. No to check sense antibodies. in doing a shotgun approach if it doesn't have any. No. If there's not a duck around. Yeah, I don't see any reason right. to. Yeah, and you know, well, before this, you told me, despite the stress and other factors that have influenced you, you feel good. I feel great. Yeah. So I didn't see a reason to check antibodies. Yeah. But for people who are concerned about thyroid function and who have autoimmune conditions or autoimmune concerns, especially gut, you should ask for the thyroid antibodies as part right. of your profile. All right. But thyroid function looks optimal. Uh, hormonal function. This looks great. You know, estradiol, progesterone, testosterone, free testosterone, all fall into. Can I tell you the testosterone? It's been three to four hundred. Yeah. What is it now, Gus? It's six hundred and seventy-three. Six seventy-three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So his overall gonadal production looks good now. The the world um, the world of health optimization, enhancement, uh, longevity uh, would look at testosterone optimization and they would say hey a free testosterone because that's your bioactive testosterone of anywhere from some would say 12 some would say 14 some would say up to 28 to 30 uh, and that's you know so you can make a case that this could be further improved for overall health oh, optimization sure and deceleration of aging and right. body composition but the main point is that from a reference range standpoint, it falls well into the normal range. And it's at, what, double of what it used to be. Over double, right? yeah. Yeah, and so people tend to look at testosterone and look at it through a narrow lens. They'll say, okay, I either have low testosterone or I don't. Um, you know, testosterone reproductive signaling, anabolic signaling is an important function of the body. If it's been downregulated, you have to ask the question why. It can be aging. As we age, we'll have a downregulation of anabolic. I'm going to fight that hard yeah. as I get older. Though. Yeah, reproductive function. But insulin resistance, inflammation, stress, circadian rhythm disruption, all of those factors will influence it as well. My circadian rhythm is really strong. Have so you, that's probably contributing to yeah, the, the numbers being really good. But what we see right now is that the gonadal function looks excellent. Thyroid function looks excellent. So the body is not showing us from a hormonal perspective alarm signals. Right? It's not, you know, I had one patient, he was actually quite fit. 
He came in, he wanted to get more information. He had been doing intensive workouts. He had lost 14 pounds of visceral fat. And when we looked at his assessment, gonadal function was downregulated, thyroid function was borderline low, he had nutrient deficiencies. It was clear in his case he had pushed himself too hard. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You can't look at a person's size and say, okay, this person has They're automatically. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, you really have to and then you have to see it holistically as one it's a very important function of the body. And if it's downregulated, there's a reason for it. But in mm -hmm. Jimmy's case, we're really excited about the data we're seeing here. Yeah. And we expect it to improve further as he continues It'll to have to improve, yeah. 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 Now, when we looked at the blood count, we do see that the hemoglobin was slightly concentrated and the hematocrit was, oh, actually I skipped, I'm sorry, growth hormone. I, I forgot to mention Don't that. Don't miss another good yeah. part of my panel, yeah. Gus. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> so we also look at DHEA, it's an adrenal hormone and a weak androgen. His levels look great, 150, that's a good level at his age. Um, human sex hormone binding globulin, you need to look at that if you look at testosterone because it, it's secreted by the liver to mop up extra androgens such as estradiol or testosterone. His levels are 69, they're technically in the normal range. They're on the higher half of the normal range, which is why the free testosterone might be slightly lower. And there can be different reasons for it. At this point, we don't see a problem here. We right. expect it to continue to improve. Growth hormone, um, you can use the growth hormone or insulin-like growth factor to look at that response. Uh, it's 0.3. It's technically in the normal range, but it's on the low side of the normal range. Sure. I don't use growth hormone. Um, I use it primarily as a way of saying, okay, is this person, if I see it completely suppressed, really, really low, right. um, then I'm looking at deep sleep and I'm looking at, are they getting any form of strength training? I'm looking at some of these other factors. So one of the things that you have me on, I definitely want to address before we leave yes. today, is the peptides. That's right. And one of the peptides, I was talking to my Keto Hacking MD podcast co-host, Dr. John Lemansky. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at the peptides and he has some questions about some of them mm -hmm. for you. But um, one of the things that he said, I think it was the 1295. Yeah, CJC 1295. CJC 1295 um, helps with this growth hormone That's boosting. Right. And then I'm also doing periods of fasting, which helps with the growth That's hormone exactly boosting. Right. So I'm doing things proactive yeah. to make that better. Yeah, and so in Jimmy's case, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I don't put people on growth hormone and I don't recommend growth hormone. Well, you know what, let's do it and then we'll talk about peptides. Please. Is that cool yes. if we do that? Yeah. So, but the growth hormone is slightly lower, but I, you, you have to have a contact. I mean, like that's just a spot check, who knows? Um, it's just a way of assessing where does someone fall in the range. And most of the time what I'm looking for is undetectable because a lot of patients will be undetectable. And it's still pretty close to yeah, that. Yeah, it's still pretty low. All right, then we move into blood counts. And this is part of why with the iron normal and the high ferritin in that puzzle, why I want Jimmy to donate blood. Because what we see is that his hemoglobin and hematocrit, the two markers for like red blood cell mass, they're both a little bit high. Um, not terribly high, but a little bit high. His white blood cell count is normal, his differential is normal, and his platelets are normal, meaning the rest of the bone marrow signaling looks normal. Now you can have a high red blood cell count for a number of different reasons. One, yeah. one could be you have sleep apnea and it's not being treated. So and if, I don't. Yeah, so if you're that under, I know of. Yeah, so if you're under breathing Christine all night. Christine thinks I do because yeah. she thinks I snore sometimes. Well, since you've lost the 25 or so pounds, the snoring is a lot better. You've been, you've been sleeping over in the man cave because our bed Cause it's more is comfortable. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know what you've been doing, <laughs> but he used to... As of a month ago, he was snoring mm -hmm. really bad. Yeah. So this is important. Thanks, honey. Yeah, just Sorry. Real, yeah, but just real quickly as a, an aside for a sleep, obstructive sleep apnea, 
A lot of people have it. There are different factors that influence it. It can truly be obstruction to airway flow, like your nasal passages are occluded and you have big tonsils and a big neck and you really can't move air. And those folks will probably need some type of positive pressure device, a CPAP, to effectively move air. And it's important that they do that because if your body is desaturating oxygen, you know, losing oxygen all night long, you're basically going into a stress response right. all night long. Your body literally feels like it's under oxygen. Yeah. You are not going to get restorative sleep. Not only are you not going to get restorative sleep, you're going to be in a perpetual stress response. Yeah. That is not good. Now, there are a lot of my patients who have sleep apnea and they may, they're a little bit overweight. Maybe they have some nasal airway obstruction, but they also are just bad breathers. They're breathing through their mouth and into their chest all the time. They're basically hyperventilating, blowing off carbon dioxide, which resets the threshold for apnea in the brain due to carbon dioxide retention. And those individuals, they drop 25 pounds like we were just talking about. They, If they have nasal issues, they get those open and they begin to practice proper breathing, nose diaphragm, and they stop being a mouth breather and they correct their sleep apnea. There, that, uh, there is a form of sleep apnea called central, and that's where your centers deep down in your brain don't send the right drive, the right respiratory drive. And in those cases, that's a real problem, obviously. Now, typically, that's due to either brain damage or two medications that suppress respiratory drive. Or three, you're a bad mouth breather and you blow off too much carbon dioxide, and therefore, you at certain points, your, your body inhibits respiratory drive. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we'd ask is that question, too. If a person has a high hemoglobin hematocrit, are they a smoker, right? Smokers will put a certain amount of carbon monoxide into their system. I don't smoke. Yeah. And that binds up, hem that actually renders the hemoglobin it's bound to ineffective, and so your body makes red, more red blood cells. Except for ribs. Yeah. I do smoke ribs. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so yeah. and then three are people like performance <laughs> athletes. Performance athletes are people who live at altitude. Their body increases red blood cell production to account for that. There are some bone marrow conditions that can cause it, but I don't think Jimmy has those. I'm not no. that concerned. At this point, I, what I, I, you know, I, I feel like that the red blood cell mass and the ferritin, um, that I'm still placing them in the same category we've been talking about. And the main solution to that is to continue the holistic plan we're out, going to be outlining. And, and, and the plan he's already been following before my consult. And in addition to donate some blood, let's just reduce that mass. That's happening when we return next week. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, and then once he does it, a week out, we recheck the blood counts, we recheck the ferritin, right. and then we figure out, does this need to be once a quarter, once every other month, something like that. Yeah, but otherwise the bone marrow would be good. Great. Yeah, on our next page, we have a standard, what we call complete metabolic CBC, profile. yeah. Yep, yep, and so uh, the, you know, electrolytes, kidney function, uh, protein stores, albumin and globulin, and albumin globulin ratios, as well as bilirubin and liver markers all look. Most all doctors look. run these CBCs and CMPs, and I, yeah, also good, and they don't really ever dig into that. Yeah, that's right. Is it is it just because nothing jumps off the page? That's right. Yeah, you're not going to do the micro interpretations if everything looks good. I'm always going to look at an albumin globulin ratio, and I am going to look carefully at the alkaline phosphatase and bilirubin, wondering about people's biliary pathways. A lot and that that indicates what? Well, you're, so if you if you look at the biliary system, it's a detoxification system. It's yeah. also how we dump cholesterol. Right? So people, the biliary system is a really important system, and it's where we conjugate and excrete, and the bowel stores it. A lot of individuals, based on inflammation, standard American diet, energy excess, fatty liver, 
will actually be influencing that system. And as they influence that system, they begin to retain bilirubin in their system, even in small amounts. Alkaline phosphatase will go up a little bit because that can indicate some obstruction in the biliary system. And in those cases, we really need to improve that, that liver function, process that biliary process, because if you're not... Uh, if that system isn't working properly, you're not detoxifying. And that means you're retaining a lot of stuff in your bloodstream and that's not going to be good for you. Yeah. Right. Um, also, out people drinking a lot of alcohol will start to see bumps in that. But that, this all Don't drink really alcohol. Good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, eggs. Yeah, or keep it in moderation, right? Yeah. But that looks really good. I'm happy uh, with that. Magnesium levels, 1.9. A little low. Yeah. Calcium is part of a CMP. You can't measure calcium through a serum calcium. That I mean, you could if there's a serious problem. Right. And then so it's appropriate to check. You know, then you could see a low calcium or a high calcium, and that has a medical workup that you do for it. Right. But if you were really trying to assess your calcium status, you'd have to look at things like parathyroid hormone, right. which is beyond the scope of what we're doing. Most people aren't calcium deficient. But calcium was fine. Iron was fine. The magnesium is 1.9, technically normal. I, I like magnesium levels to be 2.2, 2.3, 2.4. Almost there. Yeah. So higher, higher dosage in my supplements would yeah. help. Yeah. So most of my patients I'll have on some form of either micronutrient supplement, mineral repletion supplement, mm-hmm. or straight up magnesium powder. Those who are dealing with stress, mood, or sleep issues, I'll try to have them on magnesium glycinate if I can. Right. Like and I know if you take magnesium about an hour glycinate before mm-hmm. you go to bed, it can actually help with your sleep. Absolutely. But my sleep's good. So yeah, it's yeah. like. So it's really not a problem. No. Yeah. But, you know, if, you know, there are some, you know, physicians out there that basically think, feel that everybody's probably magnesium deficient. I do and think. It's probably true. And it probably is true. For I a think, lot of people. I think most people who aren't being proactive about mineral intake are, in fact, mineral depleted, and especially people staying in a ketogenic state. Sodium status is so important for them. Which is why we all take Redmond's Real Salt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, um, there are genetics for who has salt sensitivity and therefore... So small. Yeah, and it's a very small percent. Right. Yeah, and those, if you have those genetics, then, then high sodium can definitely influence... You probably know it if you have that. That's right. But if you don't have that, sodium is good for you and you probably need it. Now, I prefer natural forms of salt, not, yes. you know, yeah, modern manufacturing Have salt. you had the Redmond's? I have not salt? tried it. Oh, I should have brought him some. I would have loved to have had it. You can show what you did bring me. <laughs> yes, I, I, I brought him I some of our chicken wait. eggs. I can't wait to See, get I know them. how to suck up to my doctor. Yes, I, <laughs> pasture eggs, it, it, you got me. Yeah. That's your love language. Yeah. But so for mineral repletion, I'll actually, I like the trace mineral solutions because they're not just sodium and potassium. Right. They actually have the 70 plus trace minerals right. that uh, are present, you know, in the, it, well, that used to be present in our foods. Right. Anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. And so, and so I'll use that. Some people will grind up eggshells and things like that. Right. And include them in their diet. We have a few eggshells we could grind up. Yeah. <laughs> Bone meal can also be used, right, yeah. as a way of getting uh, some of those important minerals and yep. mixing it. But no, okay. But so our big picture, what we see here, yep. right, is that, you know, he's always had elevated cholesterol and he is, appears to be a hypersynthesizer, hyperabsorber. So his body is designed, his, his biological design was to have higher levels of cholesterol. That's not a disease. Uh, at some point in the ancestry of the Moore clan, tracing it back, there was an advantage to having higher levels of cholesterol, as well as this LP little a protein that he has. It's a longevity uh, indicator from the people I've talked to yeah. that in the tribes, 
you would be the one that if everybody else died off during the starvation period, mm -hmm. you would be the one that would last the longest. The highest yeah. with LP little a. That probably could be the case. I'm not sure, I, but I know that it's there for a reason, right? It, it's not that it was uh, a, a, a mutation right. that rendered a person non-viable. Right. It would have worked itself out of our population. Am I non-viable? Yeah. <laughs> but we like his triglycerides, so we're really happy about that. Um, we see, you know, clearly markers, diffuse markers of inflammation, homocysteine, CRP, intraarterial markers of inflammation, a high, high oxidized LDL level, so markers of oxidation. And then, you know, we do see this hyperabsorption and uh, hypersynthesis. Clear omega-3 deficiency, vitamin D is not optimized, you know, so possibly impaired methylation processes. And then the high ferritin, which is also inflammation, oxidation. But no insulin resistance. Yes, but his glucose... His high inflammation, but no insulin resistance. I hope you're getting this, guys. Yeah, yeah. so his <laughs> metabolic systems, though, we're looking good. We do possibly have some minor leptin resistance. We're not sure. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it might just be due to the higher fat mass that he's had. Uh, but adiponectin looks good. Very sensitive markers of, uh, of insulin resistance like LGPC and oleic acid look very good. And his insulin, A A1C, and glucose all look good. So we're really happy with that. Overall, nutrients look good because he's, he's paid attention to these things other than omega-3s. Uh, Oops. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> and then hormonal signaling looks really good. Uh, adrenal hormone signaling, thyroid hormonal signaling, reproductive hormonal signaling all look really good. So we're happy with that. Are, you know, is, is gonadal signaling optimized? Nah. Get the testosterone up to 900, free testosterone up to 15, 16. It will get yeah. there, I promise the, you. You know, then that's optimized. Growth hormone, slightly low, but we don't want to overinterpret that. You know, the basic stuff, but blood counts, metabolic profile, all looking good. The big picture theme for Jimmy is inflammation. You know? dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so what are the sources of inflammation? Well, we know dietary. Right? I mean, for some individuals, it's oxidized oils, industrialized oils, high sugar diet, processed carbs, refined sugars, people who are sensitive to different uh, components of plants, you know, whether it be grains, legumes, and different types of uh, even non-starchy vegetables. Some individuals right. are very sensitive to the oxalates or they're sensitive to some of the other noxious compounds in those plants. Right. Not everybody is, so that's not an anti-plant ran. I'm a... I'm a I'm still He's very pro-plant, I yeah, promise yeah, you. Yeah, I'm very pro-plant. <laughs> but, you know, so foods. And then, of course, tobacco, lifestyle elements, excessive alcohol. Jimmy doesn't have those aspects. Living la vida low-carb. Talking about a low-carb diet. Uh -huh. Getting your body healthy. It ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis. A ketogenic life. Yeah, a real-time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It measures your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible. We living la vida low-carb. Get your body healthy and live long. Hey, keep my fats high. And my carbs low, need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we own it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living la vida low carb, I do this every day. If you wanna burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! Overdoing it, right? Some individuals 
They have a tendency to hyperproduce all the time. I don't know if there's any of those. What in does that room. mean, hyperproduce? Always on, always producing, always yes. Am I always on, guys? Yeah. yeah. And so, I, 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 but I'm about to be always <laughs> off for about six yeah. months. So I, I don't think there's anybody in this room who qualifies as that, right? Um, yeah. Who's <laughs> no. so, talking about? Yeah. So stress. You know, J- Jimmy and Christine have worked really hard for a long time. I've gotten to know them, and I've been able to observe their work and. Obviously, have been producing an enormous amount of content for a long time. A lot of research they do it because they care, and they're out there in the public arena. So, which means there's a lot of people who like to throw stones at you as well. Uh, you know, it's great that we have debates about these best pat. You know, what's the best way of e- eating for an right. individual? I think all those debates will continue, and and, it, and we're all going to have elements where we were right, and there are going to be places where we were wrong, and we weren't quite on target, and that'll get corrected. Um, but the debate should be congenial. We're all trying to advance. No, now unless it's the representatives from the pharmaceutical company who have a clear agenda. We're going to go after them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but for the most part, the rest of the science community that's not being funded by pharmaceutical entities, they're just trying to elucidate truth and right. get the truth out there. And, you know, and we have conflicting opinions about that. Yeah. And time will tell. But that's when you're looking at population health and mechanisms. But once you have individual data, yeah. you know truth for you. Yeah. Right? And that's where you, we can begin to pick a plan that we think is going to address the aspects we see of, uh, on Jimmy's data, and then we get to follow the data and know that if we picked the right plan or not. And if carnivore keto were to result in loss of visceral fat, reversal of insulin resistance, optimized hormonal function, and with the right focus we're going to talk about, get all the key nutrients into his system, then the truth for Jimmy is that carnivore keto is a good eating plan. Along with de-stressing. Yes. That's the confounding variable in this because I've been keto carnivore since January. Mm-hmm. Lost a little bit of weight at the beginning, but it kind of stabilized. I think the key element here mm-hmm. is the stress reduction. I agree. I agree. Stress. And so it's almost at this point, anything mm-hmm. with the stress reduction is going to result in positive movement in those numbers. I agree 100% with you. Stress is a major concept. But I do like keto carnivores. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes it sustainable for yeah. me. Yeah, so that's a major confounder. We definitely know that uh, correcting the omega-3 status could make right. a major difference. And we're doing that. Yeah, and we're, we're I'm on the pro-omega-369 now. And so. as he begins to, as he continues to lose this visceral fat, we expect to see further improvement in these numbers. And the increase in muscle mass is probably going to have sure. that effect as well. It, it would will. have to. It as will. long as I don't overtrain. That's exactly That's right. on Trent. So yeah. don't let Trent overtrain me. Yeah, yeah. Trent, will, Trent will definitely push. And we had Trent yes. and I had those conversations about him. So I, what I'd like to do is, one, recognize we're not recommending any pharmaceuticals at this moment. Had He, he would have said no anyway, by the way. Yeah, that's right. But had he had the super high level of plant sterols, I'd be like, well, Jimmy, you might have sedalsterolemia and you might benefit from a sterol inhibitor in your right. gut, right? I mean, that, that would make sense. But we're not recommending any. Had he not done it, I would be recommending a coronary calcium score. I'd want to know, is are we a plaque former? Are we dealing with that situation? He's already done it. The scores have all looked good. So that's not our primary focus right now. Um, so then we would move in. Okay, we're not using a pharmaceutical tool. Sometimes they're the right tool for the job. We'd move into, okay, what are our supplement tools that we're using? And we've got a pretty good collection here. Obviously, omega-3s. Obviously, vitamin D. And based on his prior methylation genetic review and his homocysteine, we are going to add a methylation complex that has 
the vitamin B6, the vitamin B12, well, the methyl B12, methylfolate, methyl B6, and also riboflavin. You want to make sure you optimize riboflavin. Orthomolecular products. Yeah. Methyl so, B complex. Yeah, so a comprehensive methylation supplement will be more than just methylfolate and methyl B12. It'll include riboflavin. It'll also often include betaine as an option. So there's just different, different ingredients that can... There's all kind of B vitamins in this thing. Yeah. So we want to improve that, which I think will lower homocysteine and also probably help this body perform better, maybe some of the detoxification issues. And then we've got, I like this one. So I, I, this is one I take myself because I just can't get accustomed to organ meats. I really want to. I'll, I'm going to try frozen liver. There's so yeah. many people on Twitter yeah. that call themselves the frozen liver gang. Yeah. I want to eat frozen liver. I'm yeah. going to try it. I but mean, this is good in the meantime. I fully believe that the nutrient uh, concentrations in organ meats are something that human blood bodies are designed. Rather than the freeze-dried, but yeah. this is well, good proxy. I think that this is good proxy. And I might never get any put past this, right? <laughs> but, right? My job is to get Gus on camera to do some frozen liver with me. Yeah. If, but, if if I'm successful at reversing yeah. my numbers, he's got to promise to do that on camera. So. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think that there's it's no, not promising. You yeah, noticed that, right? Yeah, I, when you, from the study, all the study of evolutionary biology, however you want to look at that, and all the study of human performance, I have no doubt that human beings were designed to thrive when we have access to animal, yes. you know, animal products in our diet, and but the whole animal, not. The muscle meats, uh, the, yeah, lean muscle meats. One of my favorite carnivore guys right now, Paul Saladino. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's good. I've interviewed him on Living the yeah. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. I didn't. I, I didn't oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, if, if they're in this space, <laughs> I've talked to him. I promise you. Yeah. So yeah. So Jimmy knows him, and I and I really feel like he's on point with the right approach. Do you right. agree that I do? I think uh, I love Sean Baker, and I mm -hmm. love what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But two ribeyes a day. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, where are you getting a lot of the micronutrients? So I do think Paul's on to something. He encourages liver. He encourages salmon roe, which is caviar, um, and some of the other things. He calls it a nose to tell. Yes. You're eating the whole animal. Yes. So a chew on the bones, eating the tendons, getting all the glycine and collagen protein. You yes, know, he and bone broth. Yeah, he, he points out, and I think very, very accurately points out that if you're just eating the, the meat, the actual muscle meat, right. then you're looking at methionine, glycine, and yeah. you know, ratio issues. Um, He's working on a book, by the way. Yeah, he needs to write one. Oh, it, he, it's in the. It's yeah. coming out later this year. Yeah, he needs to summarize that. The, and then when you look at, of course, all the nutrient needs, you know, well, an animal actually has every single one of these minerals and every right. single one of these nutrients in them, and it makes sense that we could get it all from an animal product. We did a podcast on on like what's in a ribeye, and it's a lot of micronutrients mm -hmm. people don't even think about. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, well, they they also don't measure, right? Like they're not going to measure <laughs> no. vitamin C amount in a you know a piece of animal meat. Or but it's whatever. not a blob of protein, which is what yeah. mainstream would have you that believe. That's what they have you believe. Now, obviously, with carnivore diet, you've got to you know the actual proper carnivore diet is not just a ton of protein. You're still no. your, your protein. Is I keep my protein still moderated. Yeah, you, it's higher than traditional keto. I yes. will tell you that. I'm able to get maybe 130 to 140 mm -hmm. grams of protein, still keeping the fat around 75%, no carbs, obviously. Whereas on keto, my total grams of protein were probably 80 to 100 yeah. grams because yeah. you had to kind of, with the carbs, it still became a calorie issue, a hormonal response issue. 
That's right. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing. So if you're gonna if you overconsume protein, then ultimately there is a potential you're going to convert it to glucose. Um, plus, there's just other aspects of high protein diets that can be challenging to our physiology. We don't think from an ancestral standpoint we would have been able to maintain that level of protein intake daily. Yeah. So that's what not what our systems. But the fat. Definitely. We would have been hunting that fat, you know. Oh, that's what they would have ate first. Oh, yeah. Right for the brain. Mm -hmm. The brain, the liver, and the fat. Yes, they they loved all that. Yeah. And they threw away, like, the lean meats. Mm -hmm. It's like, we can't, that make me hungry. No. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm not a, I, I don't follow the carnivore diet myself. You do not. Yeah. You do kind of an opposite. You're almost like my keto talk co-host. You're almost ketotarian, yeah. Which you're keto with more of a plant-based focus. Yeah, I am. I uh, I see some of the wisdom in that some of these noxious compounds in plants could be a trigger for oxalates, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally Norton mm-hmm. talking about those. Yeah, and many of the things we've called phytonutrients that, that might actually be more just phytotoxins, mm-hmm. and and that we. You know, what Saladino argues is that we can get the hormetic response through yes. sauna, through cold, yes. through exercise, that we don't necessarily... I do all those things. Yeah, so we don't have to necessarily use plant toxins as a way of stressing our system and creating hormetic responses. But when you go and do a thorough study of anthropology and look at human civilizations, we don't find good examples of people who de- never ate plants, right? Like even... Um, whatchamacallit, uh, Inuit, I guess, right? The Inuit. Yeah, yeah. They, they in the summertime, blubber yeah, in the summertime, they gathered and ate as much of the, the plant material as they could find up there and put it into their system. Which was still minimal. Yeah, which was still minimal. Compared but, to the animals. Yeah, so, you know, what I find, and I think you'll agree with, is that, you know, people who go vegan say, look how much healthier I am because right. I went vegan. They got rid of the crap. Yeah, exactly. People who go paleo, people who go keto, right. if they do proper keto, people who go carnivore, if they do it properly every time you switch from a standard american or industrialized diet to one of these diets and improve your food sourcing you're gonna lose weight and get the removal of the bad is the key yeah yeah. and the worst of the bad are processed refined added sugars and industrialized oils and additives and all that right? right that's the worst of the bad then we can get into a debate about saturated fat right. versus plant lectins versus protein, right? Now we're on a fiber, different... no fiber. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so I think that debate will continue on. I think it's great that there's voices for all sides who are really looking at it. And it could be they're all right. It could be that mm-hmm. for certain people mm-hmm. based on their genetic profile and their blood work, yeah. find that they do better with less plants and yeah. then some do better <coughs> with more. And I've shared this with you. Uh, my, my genetic analysis shows that I'm better with low protein. And I have determined through my glucose testing that if I eat a high protein meal, that will spike my blood sugar more. It'll go up. Oh, like, mine does yeah, too. More than eating carbohydrates or legumes, which I don't eat a lot of carbohydrate, but I can eat some carbohydrate and check, check. And I've been testing this, and my blood sugar may go to 110 post prandial. And then I can eat a bunch of protein, eat a bunch of sushi, like sashimi. And my, and my sugar, if I if I eat more than I need it, it'll go up to like 130. Mm-hmm. So I do tend to convert protein very quickly. And then my saturated fat tolerance is low. And if I overconsume saturated fat, I will end up bumping my lipids and also bumping inflammation. So you use a lot of monounsaturated. So I'm a monounsaturated yeah. fat fan. And Paul Saladino. Because you know that about yourself. Yeah, is not as much of a fan of that, right? right. He, he's still, he's not, he thinks all of his avocados, all of them, right? right? I mean, he's a pure carnivore. So... Again, I think for each one of us, you know, there's some truth probably to all of these dietary programs and all of them have have positive benefits. 
But when you get your own data and you begin to understand yourself and pay attention, you know, right, what your best diet is. Which is why you created this personalized health care. You yes. wanted it to zoom in specifically on individuals. So yeah. today it's Jimmy Moore and it, you're giving your analysis based on what you've seen. Yeah. And so for Jimmy with the carnivore keto diet, he's lost weight. He's reversed insulin resistance. We don't. The, the that, put, that last one's the big one. Yeah. Because that's been my bugaboo forever. That's a huge is one. Is the IR. Yeah. And I've always identified as insulin resistant. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, he is not insulin I resistant. won't do that anymore. Yeah. It's just I'm still managing an infl inflammation mm -hmm. overload. Yeah. That's now the new, that's your new inflammation yeah, so, insulin resistance. Yeah. So that insulin resistant reversal is a major deal. It's a major, major deal. But it makes sense. Yeah. You would think that would happen with keto. You would. Absolutely. Should. Yeah, you, it should if you're doing it properly and paying attention to food sourcing and stress, right? Right. Now, we his particle distributions apparently are better than they used to be uh, based on the fact that you said that LDL particle count was 3,700 before, it right? It has been. Yeah. But so what we see is that at this point, we don't know. Is inflammation lower than it was? Right? Is it higher than it was? Can't be much higher than yeah, it was. Exactly. It's pretty high. We, so we don't know. So we'll look forward to, at an appropriate interval, retesting right. this and seeing where we stand. But I, for Jimmy, I, who knows diets very well, knows more about it than I do, I would say stick with a keto carnivore plan for now because of what the accomplishment you've had. But With the better nutrient density. That's right. I'm working on it. I'm buying some liver. Yeah. I'm getting some salmon roe. We're going to add these things in. Yeah, I want him to, you know, organ meats and omega-3s and... Um, you know, making sure that he's getting those more nutrient-dense portions of that animal product. So following that type of carnivore keto diet. But I, would def I wouldn't take him off that right now. Uh, I, I would continue that diet and mm -hmm. see where we get to and correct these other issues. And I'm then, comfortable with it. Yeah. It lets me eat one meal. It lets me fast for 20-plus hours pretty easy. Yeah, that makes sense, too. It really does make sense when you eat, you know, that type of food. And yeah, everything calms it. down in the body. Yeah. I mean, that insulin coming down, I think that that is a huge indication of, okay, something good, positive is happening. Absolutely. My goal is well under five, by the way. I want to I want to see three or four mm -hmm. next time I see you. Which would be great. And, you know, for your, do you have a goal for your weight right now where you'd like to get to? You know, I've, I've done the weight loss thing. I don't care. I just want to be healthy and strong. I agree with that. Because if I put a goal of, okay, X amount of weight, what if I gain... No. 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Which I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, so I really like the disassociation from the weight at, at this point because that's not really our focus. Our focus is health, optimizing health. With optimized health, your body will optimize weight. And for some people, you'll be heavier and some people, you'll be leaner. And that's okay. So I really like the fact that this is no longer a pursuit of weight loss. Like in the very first days when you talked about, you know, right. how you started this, this is just a pursuit of ultimate, you know, of the best possible vitality. I don't want to fall into the pattern of my dad had a heart attack at 48, 50, and quintuple heart mm -hmm. bypass at 54. Yeah. Both grandfathers died in their early 50s of heart-related issues, and my brother had three heart attacks at the age of 32 and died at 41. Yeah. I got major genetics that say I'm supposed to have a heart attack soon. Yeah. Well... <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> That's not, well, I, I agree that it's not likely to happen anytime soon. And let's try to make sure it never happens, well, right? That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why I'm going away for six months. Yeah. Now, speaking of the stress, we are using some supplementation yes. to help with that, right? I, I don't know if you wanted to. Please, go, go, yeah. go. So we, what we did is I did a test on Jimmy. Um, we looked at his salivary adrenal function, and we also looked at neurotransmitter balance. I will tell you that right now, if you go and look up you, urinary neurotransmitters, 
You'll see a lot of controversy about it. So, there so been, it's Adaptacin, Prolint, and Lintra because yeah, it's backwards on yeah. it. So there's a lot of scams out there with urinary neurotransmitters. Companies that will give you a urinary neurotransmitter report, tell you have low serotonin, low dopamine, all this stuff. They'll put you on supplements and then they'll retest you. And one company was even found to be fudging the follow-up data. You know, like, oh, look, you're better, right? Don't you feel better? Now, the central nervous system, you know, is a delicate balance of many different uh uh, neurotransmitters, hormones, etc. And we know about the balance of excitatory and inhibitory neurotransmitters. Most people in our time, because of our stress exposures, our technology, our circadian rhythm disruption, everything uh, that we're going through, will have depletion of inhib inhibitory neurotransmitters like serotonin and GABA, specifically GABA more than anything else, which will influence sympathetic and parasympathetic balance and people become hypersympathetic most of the time. They get used to it, so they can't tell. They don't feel fight or flight. They're not saying, they don't walk around going, eh, I'm all jumpy and crazy. Some do, but a lot don't. They just have normalized it. And you can use this type of assay to get a sense of that neurotransmitter balance. And then you can look at that cortisol curve over 24 hours. Adrenal glands are messengers. They're just doing what they're told. It's the central nervous system that's sending that signal. So we identified that there were some neurotransmitter, potential neurotransmitter balances for Jimmy affecting that cortisol response curve. And so we're using a supplement protocol where we use natural compounds that are substrate and cofactor for the synthesis of neurotransmitters. And these formulas depend, vary depending on what neurotransmitter you're trying to rebalance. Lintra is a GABA formula. So it has GABA agonists because there's a debate over whether GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, crosses the blood-brain barrier or not. It may, but we don't know. Um, but you can use GABA agonists and then you put it together with some magnesium and theanine and something called lactium. And over time, that will improve GABA synthesis in the brain. So it can help with the GABA balance. And then the proline is one for serotonin. It has 5-hydroxytryptophan. And they have glycine and vitamin B6 in it. And, and it doesn't make you sleepy. Don't, yeah. don't let tryptophan throw you off. That's, that's right. It does not. 5-hydroxytryptophan, you need to make serotonin, which you need to make melatonin. And then we have one for adrenal support based on the adrenal curve we saw. Uh, you've been taking these for how long now? Uh, it's been several months now. Yeah. So usually I'll use about a three-month protocol uh, to try and rebalance neurotransmitters. I'm not telling you it's always successful, but the data from the company I've been using, uh, Sinesco, uh, they, they, they have over 100,000 case studies. They just presented their data at Wake Forest University to a team of neuroscientists. The data is very good. If you give your body the right opportunity to rebalance neurotransmitter through nutri nutrient-based supplementation plus lifestyle changes Jimmy is doing, you can see that rebalancing occur. You could measure heart rate variability. And right? I do. Yeah. And then there are... I have a chest thing. Uh, did, or do seven. You, did you have an app that breaks it into high frequency, low frequency? <coughs> no. Yeah. So there are apps that will further divide heart rate variability into high frequency, low frequency. And also wear the Aura Ring. And me too. I've got mine on. But it doesn't yeah. uh, do the high, it, low either. It doesn't. So high frequency is parasympathetic and low frequency is sympathetic. And so if you can get uh, that reading, you can actually see where you balance. I, I used an app that could help me with that. This was several years ago when I identified some internal, my, my innards weren't doing well, <laughs> despite the fact that I felt good and I was positive and I was taking the bull by the horns in life uh, and very attentive to my lifestyle. 
And I real and I said, there's got to be something I'm not accounting for. And, right. it, and it was stress. I, uh, I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I used the, the heart rate. <laughs> was your inflammation high? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was. Um, so I used the heart rate variability. And what I found was um, I tend, I, I run, I work. I mean, I'm not a super fitness guy, but I tend to stay physically healthy. So my heart rate variability, uh, based on how they scaled it, could sometimes be in the 90s. Which is really, really good. With a resting heart rate in the 50s. Really, really good. But guess what? When you looked at the different frequencies of low and high, I was still sympathetic dominant. Ah. And and I tried everything, various forms of meditation, breath work, I pray. I mean, mean, everything I could to hack my internal, my parasympathetic nervous system. And guess what? It didn't didn't change. So how did you fix it? I started taking more time off. Somebody should do that. Uh, I'm not saying who, but maybe for six months, like go away. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I literally had to just say, this is unsustainable. I can't constantly push trying to build medical clinic, trying to change the system, trying to do everything, writing a book. I am going to have to be done by a certain time of the day. So is that what you, in the day to day you you make this yeah, conscious and, decision to keep that benefit going? Yeah, at that time uh, it was a major change. I scheduled myself off at three o'clock every day. Wow! And I and I left, and you couldn't find me. And I ABC, and, yeah. And, and most days of the week, until my kids would get home from school and sports around four thirty or five, I would just go into the woods with my dog. No yes. phone. And I'd, Nature walks. Yeah, I'd spend about an hour and a half by myself with my dog walking through the woods. I am so doing that when yeah. I'm off, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I would not allow myself to run. And I, I had to just stop and contemplate. And it took about three months of that. Wow. But about three months in, I felt it happen. I literally felt like it was Everything like... Everything unravel. Maybe you, you, you need to stay in Black Mountain for yeah. three yeah. months rather than just yeah. two months with all the walking trails. Yeah, we are, we are planning on uh, staying in our home in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. For two months. We'll be closer. It'll be easier to get yeah, our, exactly. our blood work and stuff. But uh, when I felt it, it was like a, the sound of a furnace going off and you didn't know it was running. It just kind of, you know, all of a sudden the sound disappears. You're yes. like, whoa, something was running. And it was like a motor inside me that I think it probably started about the time I was working my way to med school that had never turned off since. Right. And I, uh, I felt it and I walked <laughs> home. And when I rechecked my heart rate variability, it was balanced for the first time. And then it, this continued, and it actually went to hyperparasympathetic balance. I got to a point where too chill. I, yeah, it was too chill. But it was like it was like what yeah. I yes, it was like he eating. was high without taking drugs, <laughs> without having any yeah. CBD kind of things Every, going on. Everything slowed down for me. Right, everything slowed down. The how I walked, I talked. My wife was like, "Are you okay? different?" Yeah. And then at one point, my uh, main practice administrate manager, I just she's a wonderful person, she tapped me and said. Hey, could we get the old you occasionally? (laughs) We need the old Gus. (laughs) Yeah, and so I had to turn it back on. But uh, I I just say that because the stress is so powerful, and we're taught so many coping mechanisms, mindfulness, breath work, supplements, and those are all helpful. I agree with all those strategies. Breathing. But, yeah, but the root issue is trying to maintain unsustainable lifestyles. Um, I, I believe our bodies are designed. I'm a spiritual person, and I believe that the concept of Sabbath rest right. runs through all of creation and definitely runs through us. And, right. and if we if we dishonor it, we break down. That's one thing I'm going to try to implement during the sabbatical, that mm-hmm. it becomes a habit. So mm-hmm. that when I do come back to the grind, it's, it's already innate mm-hmm. that I'll have maybe some of what you're talking about. Maybe my day ends at three, not six. Mm-hmm. Maybe I take the real Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Just 
totally take off Sunday. Turn this phone off. Don't do any work at all. It's a great thing to do. I mean, I'm going to learn what I need to do so I don't fall into this same trap again. Yeah, and that is going to be for you, I think, the major deal. I mean, yeah. then from there you Because I go, 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 go yeah. when I'm on. Yeah. But and I need to be off a little more. You need to be off more. And, and when you're off, really allow your mind to turn off. You don't have to be right. plotting the next book. Or the and next that's thing. hard because this brain never stops. It's hard for me as well. <laughs> um, but we were supposed to occasionally let go, right. hand the world back to the one who made it, and be okay with just sitting on a rock by yeah. with a good friend contemplating things. You know? We don't have to. Yeah. So it's very important. I think the stress is the most important piece for Jimmy. I think the diets, he could play around with them. He could go you know, keto carnivore, and then he could go back to more plant. I, I don't, I think in the end that the diet he's doing is working for him, but I, I don't think that, I think as long as he's paying attention to food sourcing, mm-hmm. um, then he's going to be fine with all of these different sure. options. We're also using peptides. And that yeah, talk be. about that. We're running a little bit close on time. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to, I went on a little long and forgive me if I overdid that, but I want people to know it's important. Sure. So peptides, peptides are newer therapies. They're called biologics. These are, these are compounds that the body actually produces naturally. Short chains of amino acids, growth hormones of peptide, insulin's a peptide. Uh, a number of them have been able to be classified, studied. We know what they do in the body, and some of them have FDA approval for treatment of conditions. Peptides, at this point, we cannot identify any negative impact from peptides because they're natural and we use them in Except very for flushing when you inject yes, them yes. in and you kind of get this flushing feeling all over your body. You can definitely do that and you can definitely get yourself bruised up if you're using injectables. Is the flushing histamine response? No, I don't think it's a histamine response. Because that's what John Lemansky thought. No, maybe it is, but I, I, I don't think it's a histamine response. But, but I don't get it every time. Yeah, but no, the flushing definitely it's like is, every other time. can happen, yeah. But... So peptides uh, come in different forms. Most are injectable, some are topical, some are oral, and they all have very, uh, you know, distinct roles. And so they're, they're like, uh, they're targeted, meaning when you put a peptide in your body, it's going to a certain set of receptors and it's doing a specific thing. And it could be a cellular receptor, it could be DNA that it's unlocking. And the ones that we know serve particular purposes can be incredibly helpful for different, uh, different reasons. Mm-hmm. So we have reparative restorative peptides. One of them is, uh, this is it right That's here. That's the newest yeah. one you put me on. Yeah, BPC-157. Now, this is an oral peptide. It's actually made by the gastric epithelium. And this peptide, we don't know exactly how it's working, but it produces inflammation. And it does in- initiate the repair-restore pathways for whether it's connective tissue or in the gut. So there are many people who have chronic gut issues, gut hyperpermeability, even people who've had gut inflammatory bowel conditions that without, you know, follow your doctor's treatment, who use BPC-157 along with a clean diet and fasting and have completely healed their gut without having to take probiotics, without having to do all of the other stuff that you wow. have to do. So this is very good for the gut, but it also can be used for people who've had surgery or an injury to help initiate a more prompt reparative response of tendons, ligaments, cartilage and it will reduce inflammation and a doc has to prescribe this a doc it does have to prescribe you can't there is a version of this advertised on the internet by dr seeds they sell for forty dollars it's not the actual peptide it's Mm. something different uh, in the end, it might end up having good evidence, but the actual peptide itself is not, that's not it. You have right. to have these prescribed. Um, I take this one all the time. 
I take it. It's expensive right. and I pay for it because I do so much with my body. I'm just trying to prevent injury. And yeah. some of the mentors for me in genetics and epigenetics, they all take this all the time too. And these guys are Spartan racers and stuff like so that. So that's the fun one to take. Yeah. Jimmy Moore is scared of needles and you, yes. Gus Vickery, yeah. have Jimmy Moore sticking himself with two freaking needles every day. Yeah. Talk about those. Yeah. So we're using a weight loss strategy. And again, it's not so much about weight. It's, it's health improvement. I'm loving it. Yeah. That's giving me the benefit. Yeah. But Isn't that the 1295? Yeah. The short initials of this are CJC 1295 and then AOD fragments. These are two different peptides. They play two different roles. The CJC is a, a growth hormone releasing peptide it's a combination actually and what you're, you're not giving yourself growth hormone you're giving yourself a little it's a very small amount but a signal that will create an increase in growth hormone secretion a little pulse of growth hormone secretion right and you're also sensitizing the receptors to respond to that um, and so we'll give this for some individuals just at bedtime. They'll do it one dose a day at bedtime. It's a overall wellness protocol. It improves the growth hormone secretion at night. It also can improve deep sleep. Um, so for those individuals not getting deep sleep and having suppressed growth hormone. Is that why my deep sleep went got better? It might, might have. It could have. It definitely can it's improve It's got the magic sleep. elixir yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I also um, have been fasting more. Yes. Because the growth hormone mm -hmm. response, I think it's allowed me to fast more, which the fasting also is improving the it growth hormone. Further improves growth so hormone. That, that point three is going to go way Yes. Higher. Yes, that's exactly right. It's going to go up. And I'm then, excited to see it again. Yeah. And then what we're using is the, the full protocol where you're using both the CAG, CJC and AOD uh, fragments because of the amplified weight loss data we have using that protocol. And then twice a day injecting instead of just once a day at night because you can do a morning injection and an evening injection. And actually for enhanced weight loss, for people who are really trying to change body composition, mm -hmm. it's not just weight loss. It's improved bone density, improved lean body mass, improved muscle composition. Now, it won't do this for you if you sit on the couch. You can't right. just sit and take peptides and hope your body will change. If you exercise, yeah. it enhances the benefits yeah. even more. Yeah, it is an enhancement tool, not the actual primary tool. The primary tool is that you're actually using your body properly and eating properly. Oh, but Americans want the magic pill. It's not going to work that way. <laughs> there is none. Yeah. And well, there is a magic yeah. pill. It's eat real Food. Eat real food and use your body, right? right. Train strength, train sprint, also rest and recover and yes. stress and sleep. But so if you inject morning and night, and then there's an actual protocol where you take the CJC 1295 and you inject it three hours while, after you've woken up while you're still fasting. And those little extra growth hormone pulsations, yes. those accelerate weight loss and improve lean body mass. Um, you know, or, or improve your ability to maintain and grow lean body mass if you're creating this signal for that, which is exercise. I never thought about it, but when I take the injections, it's mm -hmm. always in the morning mm -hmm. and it's always in like a full, like 17, 18, 19 hours of mm -hmm. fasting. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize mm -hmm. until you just said what you did, that that's actually given that pulse yep. that maybe propels me to fast five more hours mm -hmm. Then I go do a workout. Yep. Then I eat. Yeah. And so I'm getting all the benefits. Maybe that's some of the weight loss that's happened since. I, it could certainly be July one. It could certainly be part of it. We, when we combine the peptide therapies with somebody who's really doing the lifestyle, it's pretty amazing the results we see. So you know, Jimmy, I'm going to take this a lot, you guys, during the special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and we're not going to cause harm, right? I mean, we, we do these in cycles. I mean, because so we cycle a peptide for a period of time, and then we back off of it for a period of time because the body begins to resist any consistent uh, yeah, signaling. That makes sense. Right? And so and then, but there's other ones, the pithalon 
on. We'll play around with that one next, and you can talk to your audience about it. There's a lot of them. Or if you've had a, a serious injury, you can use something called TB500 and really expedite recovery. Autoimmunity, thymogen alpha. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, dihexa for people with neurodegenerative disorders and inflammation. And most doctors aren't going to tell you about these strategies, but they're very safe and they're more effective than pharmaceuticals. And they're getting, they're they're assisting. And it's natural. And it's natural. It's yeah, you're yeah. using compounds your body already makes. Interesting. Um, yeah, you're just optimizing. So Jimmy's overall plan would be to continue keto carnivore while optimizing it, getting it, making it a little mm -hmm. bit uh, more of a liver and road yeah. coming my way. Yeah, he's going to be doing that. He's going to continue his fasting. He's going to continue to monitor deep sleep. He's taking a sabbatical and he's going to completely rebalance his central nervous system both through supplements and through sabbatical mostly through sabbatical and heavy lifting yeah and then he's using the exercise stimulus along with a peptide that will reduce gut inflammation and body inflammation and help with repair along with a peptide that's going to help with body composition optimization. And I might and, need a few of these along the way. And I, I will too. <laughs> but you know this entire plan should result in the next six months um, we're not going to talk about the weight, but the change in body composition, how he feels. He tends to feel good, but I suspect what he'll say is he had no idea how good right. he could feel. Uh, the rebalancing of the central nervous system and the biometrics. We expect to see reduction in inflammation, improved lipid cycles, maintained, no insulin resistance, optimal reproductive. It's, it's going to be exciting to watch. I think it'll be fun to come back on here May, March the 1st, mm -hmm. the day I come back. Yeah. Come see you. That'd be great. On that day. Mm -hmm. Because here we have all this data. It's not all bad, mm -hmm. but it's really not all good. <laughs> so March the 1st would be the mm -hmm. the telltale yep. date. Yep. So let's plan on that. Uh, plan. We'll run the numbers mid-February, and yep. then I'll come in. We'll, we'll, we'll time it so that you guys, this is the first thing you'll see when I do come back from sabbatical, coming back and letting that man go, holy crap, what happened? Mm -hmm. Or... Holy crap! Did you follow your protocol? Are you sure? No, I don't think the latter one's going to happen. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. No, I don't think so. I think we're going to see a lot of improvement, and I know that Jimmy's going to be reporting how good he feels. It's going to yeah. be great to watch. And you know, I'm so thankful. I mean, not everybody would share their health data with the whole world like this. I mean, it's you know, it'd be easy uh, for people to use that in some way against you, perhaps, or something like that. Most people are very confidential, but Jimmy was kind enough to share this with everybody. And then to share the consultation, because I know that not everybody's going to be able to find a doctor or necessarily afford this level of consultation. But if you paid attention to how we talked through this data, this is how you would be thinking about your data. And if you can find ways to get bits and pieces of it, you could use, you know, the, the way we looked at this and at least get closer to understanding what you need to be doing for yourself. So um, it's really cool that you would be willing to share this with everyone. And I'm happy to do that. And guys, he is available. He started doing more of this personalized health care. Go to drgusvickery.com, B-I-C-K-E-R-Y.com. And yeah, he would love to see you if you live in and around the Asheville, North Carolina area. But even if you don't, he'll see you remotely, can run all these tests. I just think there's just not enough of you mm -hmm. in the world to run these kind of tests. So thank you. We are running out of time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for going over all the numbers. And uh, yeah, next time we see him on camera, I'm going to be a different man. I mm -hmm. promise you that. So thank you, Gus. Thanks so much. Thank you, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. That's it for this episode of Jimmy Rants. Go to JimmyRants.com. You can get full 
everything. We get the video up later. You can see it on replay. Uh, watch it there. We will be airing this on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show soon, so go check that out there. And uh, thanks for hanging around, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a lot. You may have to watch this like 10 times to get all the ABC one, two, three million dollar words. But thank you for joining us. We'll see you again real soon. Bye. Uh, living La Vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida low carb show. Hey, the Living Low Carb show. Show.com. Woo!